When you stop and think about all that's going on today in the good old U.S. of A., you might just think that there are only two sides to every story. With over 327 million citizens, there are actually many more sides to our American story. On this program, I provide you with a different point of view. Mine. This is The Truth Hurts, a program where I exercise my First Amendment constitutional right to free speech by providing you with information. Hopefully, you will absorb this knowledge, stop, and actually think about the issues, the facts, and the general state of our American story. This is the Truth Hurts Program. Here's your host, Steve Z. Good afternoon, everybody. It's Monday afternoon, and the last COVID-19 update for a Monday in June of 2020 is coming up in just a second. You're not going to like hearing this. After all, the truth hurts. The Wuhan, China novel coronavirus of 2019 reared its ugly head in Wuhan, China, thus the name. That was back at the end of 2019, a half a year ago. And early on, the virus was accused of being the pandemic that could end humankind. We all know better. Early on, the virus was being accused of racism because they claimed it occurred more readily in African-American populations. This, of course, proved to be false when much larger and higher percentages of Hispanics showed positives for the virus than in the black community. And then magically, the headline disappeared. The narrative went away. The fact that New York nursing home patients were sentenced to death by Governor Andrew Cuomo when he ordered nursing homes to take in thousands of COVID-positive patients, it also disappeared quietly from the narrative and from the headlines. Those calls for Navy hospital ships, increased production of ventilators and respirators, the construction of makeshift hospitals, the shortages of toilet paper and face masks, the absence of hand sanitizers, all disappeared after President Trump acted, rightfully so, to enact the Presidential Production Act. And those Navy ships were never used. And those hospitals were barely occupied. The prediction that the virus would be far deadlier than the flu also disappeared the moment scientific data and test results began to come in. Now, suddenly, the virus seems to be increasing in numbers, but only in states where Trump rallies are planned, and not in cities where rampant riots, violent protests, and other demonstrations are occurring. Because apparently this is a smart virus, 
and it knows the difference between a Trump rally and a street riot. Suddenly, the virus has learned to differentiate between a BLM protest and a bar mitzvah. The disappearing act performed by the COVID-19 virus only seems to show up at frat parties, weddings, churches, and it's learned, because it's a smart virus, to stay away from Antifa and BLM riots, stay away from protests and marches and demonstrations. (laughs) That's one smart virus. It knows when to fall into the background of a news cycle, and it knows when to make its way back for riot news and anti-Trump marches. It knows when to disappear and reappear as it is needed. This is the Truth Hurts program. Here's your host, Steve Z. When is a positive not so positive? The answer is when the truth comes out. Then a positive can become a negative. That sure is one smart virus. I looked up the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention website. You know, the CDC. There's a section entitled, What Do Your Test Results Mean? If you test positive, it says a positive test result shows you may have antibodies from an infection with the virus that causes COVID-19 or possibly from an infection with a related virus from the same family of viruses called coronavirus, such as the one that causes the common cold. We do not know yet if having antibodies to the virus that causes COVID-19 can protect someone from getting infected again or, if they do, how long this protection might last. Unquote. This is from the CDC website, so I want to repeat this one very important part. It says, a positive test result shows you may have antibodies from an infection with the virus that causes COVID-19, or possibly from an infection with a related virus from the same family of viruses called coronavirus, such as the one that causes the common cold. The common cold. Let me see. Maybe I didn't say that loudly enough. The common cold. Okay. There's been an increase in positive tests, probably because we're testing a whole hell of a lot more people. Remember, in the beginning, there were not a lot of tests available. So we couldn't test a lot of people. If you have a healthy immune system like the vast majority of Americans do have, it means that you've built up antibodies. Doesn't mean a person is contagious or a spreader of the coronavirus. Deaths are declining. There was no and is no shortage of care facilities or equipment. And the number of people hospitalized has dropped off dramatically. Think about it. When is the last time you saw someone on the news on a ventilator, on a respirator? They don't show that because it's just not happening. Recently, they admitted that as many as 25 million Americans may either currently have 
or have had the COVID-19 virus and survived with the vast majority of positive result cases being in people who never showed any symptoms, never got sick, and certainly did not die. The proof of the overhyping of this flu, this virus, as I said from day one, was an attempt to crush the fantastic economy being ushered in and led by Donald Trump. Yes, there is a virus. No, it is not as deadly as they tricked you into believing. Only you can be intelligent, informed, and woke to the reality. Sorry if you are offended, but the truth hurts. Here's your host, Steve Z. Let's do the math, shall we? If there were 1 million cases of COVID-19 in the U.S. and 100,000 people died, the percentage of death would be 10%, and I would admit that would be pretty damned high. That's panic level. If 10 million cases were identified and 100,000 died, the percentage of death is only 1%. Now they're claiming there are as many as 25 million or more cases of people who either contracted and recovered or currently have the coronavirus and are showing zero symptoms. And if 100,000 people died, the percentage then becomes 0.004%, which is pretty low. And according to Business Insider Magazine, the annual death percentage from the flu is 0.01%. See the difference? Can you do the math? The chance of dying from COVID-19 is more than two and a half times lower than the chance of dying from the seasonal flu. This year's Emmy Awards need to be presented to the news media for the most convincing lie in an acting role for their portrayal of concerned citizens in the reporting of COVID-19. The best screenplay should go to the DNC for their orchestration of the narratives surrounding both the coronavirus and the George Floyd riots. The award for best costume should be split between the designers of COVID masks and those conveniently placed I Can't Breathe t-shirts that miraculously appeared simultaneously and spontaneously at protests around the country. And you know damn well they were all pre-printed long in advance. The Director's Award should go to George Soros with honorable mentions to the people who delivered bricks on pallets to street corners. The best musical score should be awarded to the No Justice, No Peace protesters and rioters who proved that you can create a rhyme with just four words outside of ghetto rap music. The award for best villain in a crisis situation should go to Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer for their portrayals of political leaders. But they'll probably give that award to Donald Trump after blaming him for canceling the award show. The Nobel Prize winners were announced last night. They include Dr. Anthony Fauci for his ever-changing, never-certain data set on the coronavirus. Remember, first he said it would take several years to come up with a vaccine. Then he said it could possibly happen right after the November elections. 
Then he said the vaccine would produce herd immunity, but today he says it may not. The Nobel Prize for Medicine goes to the coronavirus itself, primarily due to the fact that it is the smartest virus ever. Reported to be able to differentiate between riots and church services, between bars and grocery stores, between protests for BLM and rallies for Trump. The Nobel Prize in Chemistry goes to the developers of the COVID-19 test kit for proving that the virus is indeed far less deadly than predicted or hyped. The Nobel Prize for Technology goes to Mark Zuckerberg for his ability to shut down any point of view or opinion that opposes that of the liberal mainstream agenda. The Nobel Prize in Physics goes to Antifa and the BLM crowd who proved that you can tear down a three-ton statue with a megaphone and false narratives. The Prize for Economics goes to Gilead Sciences, Inc., for setting the price on its popular remdesivir drug at $2,340 per patient treatment regimen. Their CEO said that this price is far below what it feels it could get on the open market, which is about $15,000 per patient. So they're telling you that it's a bargain. And the Nobel Prize for Leadership goes to nobody. We're going to give it as a participation trophy for you, the sheeple, for believing all the crap they feed you. Just go with it. He says out loud exactly what you are thinking. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts program. School teachers and parents alike dread the beginning of July each and every year as schools begin to announce class schedules and issue supply lists to parents. This is the time of year when the discount stores, the big box stores, the office supply stores, and online retailers begin to advertise pricing on paper, pencils, calculators, glue, chalk, staples, crayons, backpacks, and more. As the COVID-19 crunch of the U.S. economy trudges along, retailers, along with parents and teachers, ponder whether school will even return this year in a fashion similar to school life pre-COVID. Do we buy anything? What about uniforms and shoes? Do we bother getting any supplies? Another issue is whether or not a school system can require students to wear masks in classroom settings aside from the fact that small children are going to be almost impossible to control with their masks or chewing on their masks or using them as slingshots or wearing them on their heads or using them as slingshots or blowing their nose into them or of course using them as slingshots. I know I would be. School classrooms are sized to accommodate a specific number of students, usually with rows and columns of desks or chairs, front to back and side to side, with enough room for the teacher to walk freely between the rows. There is no mandate for six feet of social distancing, not in a classroom setting, at least not before today. 
spreading out students six feet apart might reduce instances of cheating, might reduce the chances of students contracting COVID. However, it will also greatly reduce the number of students per classroom. That could be good, but remember, school buildings are already to capacity in most of the nation's school systems. Reducing class sizes might just result in having to resort to platooning of students into morning and evening shifts, which of course brings the need to fund the dual class day in the form of overtime for teachers, cafeteria workers, and staffs, or to provide more teachers and staffs to teach twice as many classes each day with half as many students in each class. There will be increases in utility costs, likely more sick days taken off by students and staff. There are the issues of daycare, after school care, before school care, and of course, security. Bus transportation brings its own financial and safety issues to the table, all for a virus that kills fewer people each year than the seasonal flu. The new normal is fast becoming the new pain in the ass abnormal for many. Letting the virus run its course with common sense cleaning, hygiene, sanitization, and social distancing protocols would mean that the nation would heal, develop an immunity, and simply move along. Just like they do with the flu. This test of the American people is a lesson in sheeple manipulation and it's gone on far too long. If the playbook of the DNC and the Puppet Masters is any indication, somewhere around November 5th, 2020, could be the turning point that magically cures coronavirus. That is, if the Democrats take the White House and Senate and hold on to their slim majority in the House. Or it could be four more years of scare tactics, silent coups, riots, manipulations, mutations, mutilations, should President Trump remain in the White House with naughty Nancy at the helm of the the Congress. When you weaponize a virus to hold a nation hostage and the sheep will fall for it, they can only blame themselves for taking the hook. Sorry if you are offended, but the truth hurts. Here's your host, Steve Z. Every year, people die in large numbers from different diseases. That's in addition to other causes of death. The diseases I mentioned are far worse than COVID-19. Every day on planet Earth, 3,000 plus people die from tuberculosis. Almost 2,500 per day die of hepatitis B. Over 2,200 people die each day on the world from pneumonia. AIDS and HIV kill 2,100 people every day. Malaria kills 2,000 people a day. Rotavirus kills 1,200. The seasonal flu kills 1,027 people per day on average on planet Earth. Whooping cough, 440. Cholera, 392. Meningitis, 329. Measles, 250. Rabies, 162. Yellow fever, 82. Yet we don't shut down an entire economy. We don't isolate 
people for those diseases. But then again, it's not an election year. That doesn't take into consideration drunk driving deaths, distracted driving deaths, mechanical failure-related deaths, murders, abortions. I've said it before and I'll say it again. This entire virus hype and overhype is and will continue to be politically motivated. And I'm sorry, but it's the truth. And sometimes the truth hurts. And that's about all I have to say on this topic for now. Usually when all is said and done, much more is said than is ever done. But it is sometimes the doing that causes more harm than it does good. So go out and make a difference in the world. But whatever you do, make it a positive change, not a negative one. This is the Truth Hurts program, and we'll see you next time.